Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church family. Oh, that's good. I said something to Patty in first service. I heard her her sermon from last week, and she had to ask you to say it again. So we'll, we'll do it again. Good morning. There you go. Very good. Glad to have you with us today, especially to our guests. Thank, for, thank you for being here. All of you had a choice as to where to be this morning, and you chose to be here. So we're excited to have you here. So we want to uh, just kind of set the stage for where we are in this series. It's a series, sermon series from Andy Stanley called Future Family. Uh, we've watched a couple of uh, his sermons and uh, then had Patty LaRoche share with us from a grandparent perspective last week. Uh, you'll also notice that there are some tables. Uh, you've, you've seen them and one of the Ansley sitting right over here and she said, I walked by before service started and she said, what are those for? I said, for you to ask questions. So it worked. But here's, here's the deal with the coloring tables. If you are in elementary school, we do not have junior church today. And so if you're sitting in the, uh, in the seats here and you want to go back and color, don't be shy. Go do it right now. And you can, you can sit there and color the entire time. Uh, the research has shown. Absolutely. Go for it, Mark. I see you starting. No? Oh, okay. If you are, there are open seats. So if you are middle school, high school, adults, that wants to go color and listen. Research has shown that some people just learn better that way. So don't be shy. Nobody's going to judge you. Get up and go to the coloring table, okay? So we're going to try this out today. It was something that was brought to our attention as something that we could try, especially on a day when our, uh, like a fifth Sunday, when our elementary kids are in here. That is actually next week. So we're flip-flopping. They're staying in here today, and we will have junior church next week for them. So this future family series... Uh, so far, uh, we've heard from Andy Stanley those two weeks on video, and then from Patty, as I mentioned last week, and then today, part four, just from one dad's perspective. So put this in the for what it's worth category, and uh, you know, your situation is different than mine, your family is made up differently than mine, and so I want you to just take the things that you hear today. And maybe there's a nugget or two that you can apply in your own family's life and uh, utilize that if you can, okay? So I uh, did not bring the ladder up on stage with me again. I had too many moms that were probably my mom's age that were concerned about the safety of me up on the ladder, so I'm uh, not, not there today. But uh, a week ago last night, um, this, the, this community graciously uh, provided a fundraiser chili feed for Kara and her medical, uh, medical needs uh, surgery that she had, and another one coming up. And uh, so I, I was kind of watching the Facebook page. They also had a silent auction. And one of this item actually came across uh, from Gail Sackett on the Facebook page, and I, I keyed in on the phrase that's, that's on here uh, right away. And so uh, rather than me bidding on it, that'd be kind of uh, counterproductive to bid on something just to donate back to my family. So 
Uh, I just had the ladies keep track of who bought it so that I could borrow it for this morning. And it says a message that is very applicable to our series. Create the memories you wish existed. And this worked in first service without the wire breaking. We're going to go for one more 30-minute segment and should be good. Create the memories you wish existed. When I saw that phrase, I thought that's exactly what we're talking about with future family. Because we're talking about whatever the point we are right now, regardless of what has happened in the past, today, October 22nd, 2017, we have the opportunity to change and to adapt what our family is. And so the the phrase that we've been going with, creating today the family that we want tomorrow. That's where we're headed. But it's really more than just what's going on for the rest of our lives and how we affect our family. As Andy Stanley talked about in his sermon called Echo, he said these words, actions don't merely speak louder than words, they echo into the next generation. Your children and your grandchildren may forget what you say, but they'll never forget what you do. And then Patty talked about from Joshua chapter 4, where they set up the stones to remember how God provided for them and protected them as they crossed the Jordan River, and that those stones were set up so that people could look and see those stones and say, what are those for? And then they had opportunity as that visual reminder to share with them about God's protection in their lives. And so it's really more than just about the memories that we're creating while we're here on earth. It's about much more than that. But I want to go back to that idea of uh, the the kids uh, caring more about what you do than what you say. And to do that, I want to do a little, uh, little thing that we do with our upward basketball coaches. So if everybody would take their hand and just make the okay sign, hold it up high in the air. And then I don't want the guys who have coached, ladies who have coached for us before, don't cheat. But I want you to bring it right up on here and put it on your chin. And all of you who have it sitting on your cheek when I said chin, aha, because you watched what I did instead of listening to what I said. And so when Stanley talks about our, our actions speaking into the next generation, that's, that's what we're getting at. Another way I want to illustrate this, and here's what I want to do. I need some of our elementary kids uh, that weren't here in first service. Some of you were in both services. So if you are, I need about six of our elementary kids sitting at the table. So come on up here, okay? And we can take more than six. That's fine. Come on up. Just line the stage right here. Uh, Let's see. Lainey, stay right where you are, way down there. Scoot that way. Everybody scoot that way, okay? And I'm going to stretch this rope out, but I need to walk through here. Let me stretch it out, and then we'll have everybody pick it up, okay? Because in first service... This took a little bit of time. So I'm going to stretch it. Uh, lift it up over those cords for me, would you? Perfect. All right. So, Lainey, you come down here and hold this. I borrowed this rope from the high school. Their tug-of-war tug of rope. We're not going to have a tug-of-war up here. That would not work out well. You guys would lose to me. So. But I, I want... I want you to see the length of this rope, but I want you to imagine that this rope is going to go on forever, okay? And if any of you were on Facebook, you saw, I see Jennifer just took a picture with the kids up here, and uh, she had taken a picture of me uh, coloring. It's been a long time since I've colored a picture, but uh, she posted that on Facebook, uh, to which somebody said, I'm afraid I'm not going to be there, because it was a picture of me coloring a rope. And so, yeah, that was cute. 
Uh, but I want you to think about this rope here. Right here at the very end is this black section. And I want you to think about your life up to this point, right now at 11 whatever it is on October 22nd, 2017. That is your life so far. Starting today, we have the opportunity to change our, our families for the better moving forward. That is our future family. But you'll notice this green section that represents our future family here on earth is just the, the two of these sections together are very small compared to the rest of the rope that goes on forever. And it's because this is not just about our future family here on earth. It has to be so much more than that. It has to be this plus all of this. And that's where we're going today. And that's what Andy Stanley and Patty LaRoche have been talking about from their perspectives. And I want to do that from a dad's perspective. So let's give these kids a hand. Guys, if you would just lay the rope down, you may go back to your tables. Thank you very much for your help. And while they're sitting down, if you would grab your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3. Paul kind of refers to this rope idea, not directly, but indirectly. He's talking about what's much more than our lives here on earth. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And then you flip a page or two over to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Paul writes to the church at Colossae, he says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And so Paul is trying to convey to us that forever all of this rope representing eternity forever should influence our lives right here and now. Eternity impacts how we raise our families right now. And so in your situation, whatever's going on with your family at whatever level, whether you're a kid or a parent or a grandparent or great-grandparent, we have the challenge of helping the next generation move on in their legacy of faith. David Platt, from his sermon called The Urgency of Eternity, he says this, Your eternal destiny hinges on your response to Jesus. I'm talking destiny, destination, the place where you will spend eternity. Eternity is forever, millions and millions and billions and billions of years without end. And your eternal destiny hinges on your response to Jesus. And I would add for our series today that my family's eternal destiny hinges on my response to Jesus. And yours does too as we raise our family. So I want to talk about the family a little bit. Starting with our church family. Because this applies to all of us. Regardless of where your family lives, your own individual family, all of us are here together today because we're part of this, this church family. And we have a responsibility. You may have heard the phrase stated, it takes a village to raise a child. 
Absolutely it does, and our church family is so critical in that. Uh, Natalie was baptized this morning. As I get into the baptistry and baptize kids, or as we do the baby dedication up here on Mother's Day, or whenever it is, we talk about our responsibility to come alongside these families and these kids and help them. And we do that, first of all, through prayer. And then secondly, through just mentoring and asking the question that Andy Stanley challenged us with that first week. What can I do to help? And I know it's hard for us to accept help. It's hard for us to reach out and ask for help. But the more we do it, the better we'll be as we try to be the village to each other here at this church family. Coming up, Dusty mentioned uh, here in just a little over a week is our Halloween, and it's an opportunity for us as a church family to be the village for our community. We have a couple thousand, three thousand people that show up in our parking lot, and it's an opportunity for us to reach out to them and share the love of Jesus with them in a safe, fun environment on Halloween that is sometimes a little scary for kids. So I want you to pull out the gold insert that Dusty referenced earlier that has all the following information on it. Really three things that we can do as a church family to help reach into the lives of our community that will be here that night. Number one, we pray for them. That's listed up here. Number two, you can see where we are with our our needs for donation. Number three, you can see down at the very bottom in the parentheses the number of workers we still need in those areas. And we still have a week and a half, so it's been a great sign-up so far. We hope that you will continue to jump in and help as we look to be the village for our community that, that night, October 31st. Something different we're going to do this year with our following. We're going to uh, put together a, or we're working on putting together what we call a social crew. You guys remember Brian Kasky from Chicago? He was part of the Nabholtz crew that came to town to help work on the schools for, for a time. And, and uh, he was at last year's Halloween. And he saw the thousands of people that we had in our parking lot, and he thought, man, this is awesome. There's no way this would fly in Chicago. He said, this has to be a small town thing, and you guys are doing a great thing here. But here's what I would suggest you do. You need some people, and this is going to be our social crew. You need some people who have one job, and that job is to walk around and have intentional conversations with people that are coming in. Maybe they're dealing with some problems and, and just sparking up a conversation with them you start looking for ways that we can be intentional of sharing the love of Jesus with them on a one-on-one basis. And then also through that and through some of the uh, the pamphlets we'll give them as they go through the trunk or treat line, we're going to point them to November 5th right here on Sunday morning. Because we have a parenting panel, four or five people who are going to be up here sharing about their experience as parents from a lot of different walks of life. And we think that that might be something helpful to the community that's going to be here at Halloween to point them to that very next Sunday. Because regardless of what they believe about Jesus, we all need help with our families. And so maybe that will bring in some additional people to be a part of that as we try to be the village to our community. The third way I, I think of when I think about our church family is on a personal note. And that's how you all have wrapped your arms around my family recently with Kara's surgeries and her recovery. She's doing well. She's, I spotted her somewhere right over here. She's doing well, not as fast as she wants to be recovering. But uh, the way that you have wrapped your arms around us, the, the, uh, the Chili Feed fundraiser and silent auction brought in over $7,000 to help with our medical bills. 
and other donations and meals and just the way that you've prayed for us and asked us and encouraged us. You have been what a church family is supposed to be. You have been part of our village more than, than, it's been great all 22 years that we've been here, but this was just above and beyond. And so your generosity has just been overwhelming to us, and we thank you for that. And uh, it's just that those words don't say what we really mean there. They, they don't express, it's not adequate, but it's been awesome. So thank you very much. So I want to shift at this point. Not a great transition time here, but just shift to talking about the individual family. Uh, in case you don't know my family, I thought I would just share. As I pointed out, Kara's back here, and Drew is my oldest. He's 20, going to Pitt State. He's sitting right here and uh, studying pre-med biology. And Luke, haven't spotted, there's Luke right here. And then Noah's back at the coloring table. Luke's a senior. Noah's a freshman in high school, both at the high school here in town. And then uh, Maya is over here sitting by my mom, and I saw Emma at the coloring table. So clearly, we are a family that sits together for church. <laughs> We've got two in close proximity, but the coloring table's kind of messed everything up there. But um, the, the three boys were born naturally, and then we adopted the two girls on separate adoptions from Korea. And that's our family. And so I thought it was very appropriate as I think about my own family, uh, the words that Kendall read. Let's go ahead and look that up from Deuteronomy chapter 6, way back in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. And while you're looking that up, I want to say, Kendall, where are you? Kendall, thank you for doing that. Kendall is a fifth grader. We had uh, Danny Kimmer that uh, was on video that read, uh, read for us in first service. So I appreciated these fifth graders stepping up and being willing to do that. And uh, Kendall to step up and do a great job in, in front of you. That was excellent. So thank you for doing that. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I want to go back to this because this is kind of where I'm going to head for the rest of today. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And I love what he says there in verse 7 because that's where I'm headed here. Talking about when you sit, when you lie down, when you walk on the road and when you rise from sleeping. Because he's referring to every aspect of our lives. We have these compartments of our life. Our, we have our, our job, our work life. We have our school life. We have our sports life. And it's almost like we have these different boxes. And so uh, I get up in the morning and I pull out my, from my school box. I pull on my, my school me. And I go to school and do that. And then sometimes I kind of put that away and I pull out a kind of a different me when I go and do my sports or go to work or do my hobbies or whatever. And so we have all these compartments. And that's kind of what the author of Deuteronomy is talking about. Whatever aspect of your life, these commands need to be a part of. It's not that God has his own box. We don't pull that box out on Sunday morning for an hour or two and and then put him back and say, thank you, I'll see you next Sunday. God needs to be in every single part of our life. So it's my work and God, my school and God. My hobbies and God, my sports and God, my relationships and God, because he is interwoven through all of it. 
Or that's the way it should be. That's the ideal. And so the, the author of Deuteronomy is talking about that. And so I want to go that direction thinking about my own family. I just want to share a few things with you that might be helpful to you. Again, just nuggets that you might be able to pick up on to, to help you with your family uh, from one guy that doesn't have it all. We have dysfunction in our family just like everybody else. Just like all the stories that Andy Stanley talked about from the Bible. But here are some things that have worked for us to try to instill this idea of God in every aspect of our lives. So the first one is uh, something that my dad gave me when I was a kid. Just a sheet of paper that is entitled Dad Over the Years. So we'll have, have them put that up on the screen so you can see it. And it just lists ten different ages and what we think of our dad. And when I read through this, when I read through it way back uh, as a kid, it has stuck with me because it, it helps me understand the importance of my role as a dad, the importance of my relationship with my dad. And so let's just read through this. And the years may not exactly match up with your life, but I bet some of this is going to resonate with you as well. At four years old, my daddy can do anything. At eight years old, dad doesn't know quite everything. At 12 years, oh well, naturally father doesn't understand. At 14 years, father hopelessly old-fashioned. At 20, 21 years, oh, that man's out of date. What would you expect? But then the corner turns. At 25 years, well, he comes up with a good idea every now and then. At 30 years, oh, I must find out what dad thinks about this. 35 years, a little patience. I'm going to get dad's input first. At 50 years, what would dad have thought about that? And at 60 years, I wish I could talk it over with dad once more. And so that just kind of takes us through, through life, and it, it just uh, stuck with me. And I keep a copy of that, and I've posted it on Facebook before, and it's just been meaningful because it makes me think of the kind of dad I'm supposed to be and that relationship with my kids. The second thing that has been helpful uh, to me as a dad is uh, the small group series that Kara and I got involved in when uh, Drew was probably two or three years old, so 17 or 18 years ago. It was called Growing Kids God's Way. And there are two things from that series that really stuck out. The first one was a family mission statement. Now, we don't actually have one that's posted in our home, but my sister does. And hers says, we exist to please God by inspiring others, loving those around us, and doing hard things. And then, uh, so as I think about our own family, one of the phrases that we repeat a lot, especially as it's about time to start the new school year, remember who you are and whose you are. Remember who you are part of the Martin family, but also part of God's family, and whose you are. You belong to us, so represent us well. You belong to God, so represent him well as you get ready to head out the door and go to school or whatever other part of life you're going to. And so that's been very helpful. The second thing from going, Growing Kids God's Way that's been helpful for us, and, and uh, Drew was the guinea pig on this one because he was that age, is just the idea of the high expectations and the first-time obedience and how you expect when you say something to happen for that obedience to happen. And all of the parents in the room start giggling because we all know that that ideal is way out there, right? So, but that was helpful to us just because in every aspect of their lives, here's where we want them to shoot. They're not going to reach it every time. Maybe not hardly ever. But if they don't have a goal to shoot out of, of that high expectation, they're not going to hit it ever for sure if it's not there. So those are a couple things from Going Kids God's Way. Uh, third thing is just 
how we viewed their relationship with their friends. Um, I saw this funny picture of Luke from last Sunday night. They went up to the Sporting KC game, and, and uh, Luke got a little wild and crazy here. At least it wasn't 20 degrees out and freezing while he was doing this, but they had a good time. Uh, relationship with their friend. Here's something my dad used to say. Dad's only good for a couple things. Number one, eating the heels of the loaf of bread. Number two, playing with the kids when none of their friends are available to play. The older kids get, the more and more they are influenced by their friends, the less and less they are influenced by, by their parents. And that should affect how we parents. Because I need to train them when they're young on what a friend looks like. A good friend, a solid friendship. These are the things that you're looking for in a friend. And then as you get older, these are the things that you need to have in your own life to be a good friend to others. But then as they get into the teenage years especially, that becomes pretty tough just to speak into their life like that. Oh, thank you for sharing that wisdom with me, Dad. I'll change right now. And that's what kind of leads me to my next thing because at some point we need to step in and make some of those tough decisions that aren't going to be popular with our kids. And that next step, that next thing that I'm referring to is how we view our relationship with our kids. Because God has not called us to be their best friend. He has called us to be their parent. He has called you to be their grandparent. And that's a totally different relationship. As Patty mentioned, she maybe would have skipped the parenting time and just skipped straight to the grandparenting, right? Because she loves you guys. Okay? And so, the, uh, just that idea of I'm not here to be my child's friend when they're growing up. And so I was very interested in the fifth sermon in the series from Andy Stanley. If you have not gone to watch any of the others that we've not shown here, please go watch number five, especially if you are a parent with kids at home right now. Because they sat on stage, it was Andy and his wife Sandra, and they just had a real conversation about things that they do in their lives, and I loved every minute of it. And so I hope you will go and watch it. But one, one of the things they talked about is their own parenting goals. They had two goals. Number one... Teach their kids to live according to God's will for their lives. Pretty standard. But number two, I thought this was interesting. The goal of having enjoyable relationships with their children when they get to be adults. I thought that was really cool. And so they adopted the phrase, later is longer. The idea of being your child's friend during the teenage years only lasts for so long and then it's gone. But if you look towards later... When they're adults, that can last for a long time in life. And so they, this is the kind of the formula that they use. Ages 1 through 5 are the discipline years. 5 through 12 are the training years. 12 through 18 are the coaching years. And then 19 and beyond, those are the friendship years. And when you parent that way, you get to enjoy that relationship, that friendship for a lot longer in their mind. And I would agree Just this last Thursday night, Drew and I were texting back and forth late at night. We had just watched an incredible ending to an awesome football game, and we had to celebrate in that. Go Raiders. There is somebody else in the room. Did you hear that, Drew? Back there in the back. Very good. The rest of you have all shut me off now. Get that guy off the stage. He's wearing red. We thought better of him. The next thing that has been very helpful to us, it kind of goes along with this, is 
our goal sometimes is to, uh, we just, we get short-sighted. We think about, we want to raise independent, mature adults that contribute to society. That shouldn't be our goal. Because when that is our goal, we're only looking at the green. We're only thinking about what they're doing in life here on earth. We need to add the idea that they are going to be independent, mature adults who contribute to society, who love Jesus with all their hearts. And that's the ideal that we shoot for. Now, it's not always going to happen, obviously. You think about the Bible and our families that you see around the world, around the room today, lots of dysfunction, and that doesn't work out a lot of times. But again, that's what we shoot for. As Dusty said, just because it's the ideal and we're not that way doesn't mean we stop striving for it. So one of the things that my parents did with me when I got to be a senior in high school, dad came to me and later on I found out that this was kind of something that dad did without mom knowing. And uh, he had this conversation about how they were going to back away a little bit in their parenting. They weren't going to give me a, a curfew as a senior in high school. They weren't going to make my decisions for me. Uh, they were going to let me succeed or fail based on the choices I make. And so that was very freeing to me, and it helped me become an independent adult so that when I was still under the roof of their house, I could make these decisions, and they could help with the consequences or or whatever, the successes. But the very next year, when I headed off to college, they weren't there to do that. I wasn't living under their roof anymore. And so that's something that Kara and I have done with Drew as he is now out of the house during his senior year, and we're in the process of that with Luke as he's in his senior year. And we'll see how it works out with each of our kids. I may be back up here in 12 years and tell you, don't do that. (laughs) I'm just kidding. The final thing that I wanted to mention to you this morning, and I know we're about out of time. Family devotions. We we struggled for years trying to figure out a good place to to plug in family devotions in our family's life. And uh, mostly because we tried to do it in the evening when everybody has everything going on. I'm at meetings, kids have their sports, whatever. And we could never find a good time with a range of 10 years between oldest and youngest. She had to go to bed. He was still gone on a sports trip or whatever and everywhere in between. And so I remember at the end of uh, December one year, I was thinking about New Year's resolutions. And I thought, you know what? I need to do something different. I'm not being the spiritual leader in the home that I need to be with my kids. And if I don't choose to do something now... It's going to be too late. And so it was kind of one of these points right here that I thought, what do I want my future family to look like? And this is, what we, this is what we did about it. And this is just our idea. This doesn't have to be yours. But we started doing our family devotions in the morning before school. And so on a school day, everybody knows that by 5 till 7, they need to be in the living room. We're going to have a short devotion time. And this is where we have some prayer and scripture reading and a short devotion that we read from a book or online or whatever, and it applies to the family. And so it was always something that helped us try to merge their lives with their faith. And so it's not about the family devotions. And it's something that has worked for us, but it may not work for you, and that's fine. But what you do need to find is those times that you can have conversations with your kids and merge life and faith together. And that's what family devotions have become for us. Because, after all, it's not just the God box that we pull out on Sunday morning. It's the God and our faith in Him that is interwoven through all of the parts of our lives. 
So we're not hypocrites. Well, we all are. I mean, honestly, hypocrite just means you're a sinner. But one of the, one of the charges that, are, that the, the unbelieving world has against the church is that we walk out the doors and we're not the person that we say we are when we're sitting here all lovey-dovey as we worship God. And that's because the church, through the history, has pulled out the God box on Sunday mornings and he doesn't affect the rest of their lives when they walk out the door. And that's what we're trying to accomplish with our future family is to change that and interweave God through all of it. Dr. Tony Evans wrote a book called Raising Kingdom Kids. I've got a video I'm going to show here in a second, uh, just a short video from him. But uh, he says, Kingdom parenting involves intentionally overseeing the generational transfer of the faith in such a way that children learn to consistently live all of their life under the rule of God. The primary purpose of the home is the evangelization and discipline, or the discipleship of your children. You cannot outsource this vital component of rearing your children. It is not the church's responsibility to teach your kids about Jesus. We come alongside you. That's been my job for 22 years here at Community Christian, is to come alongside you as the parents and help you in whatever way I can. But it is not my responsibility first. It's yours because you are their parents and their grandparents. So I want to show this video, and before, right before I do that, I want to talk to the kids on the coloring, at the coloring tables. Kids, if you're at the coloring table, I want you to look up here for me, okay? You can see we have a few of these coloring, uh, coloring pages posted around the auditorium from uh, first service. So just like you would come home and share your artwork with mom and dad after school, they post it on the refrigerator. We're going to post it on the refrigerator, the walls of the auditorium. So I'm going to show this video. You finish coloring. Then we're going to pray, and then during our final song, you grab some tape and you go hang your picture up around the auditorium, okay? So, let's go, thank you. Let's go ahead and show this video and we'll close with this. We are now experiencing the collapse of a generation, not merely because they are a lost generation, but because they are a product of a lost generation. But the reality is today we're suffering from a crisis of fatherlessness. We're living in a day of unfathered fathers becoming fathers. We're living in a day of uh, parenting outsourcing. Our families have come to the point where we have outsourced parenting to everybody but who the Bible gives the responsibility to. Mothers and fathers initiated and led by fathers. It takes a mother and a father to raise a child. And none of us as parents are perfect. All of us have made mistakes, but if you get knocked down, you gotta get back up because your inheritance depends on it. Your responsibility and mine is to lay forward a spiritual legacy for our children. Because the reality is whoever owns the family owns the future. Let's pray together. God, thank you for our time to talk about the rest of our lives here on earth. 
but more importantly, how we raise our families for all eternity, with all of eternity in mind. It's a great challenge that you've given to us as parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. God, we ask that you would make today a date that is very important in a lot of families' lives here in in Fort Scott because October 22nd, 2017, something different was decided to try to strive for the ideal family that you want us to be. And we're so thankful for your grace and your forgiveness when we don't do what we're supposed to do. When we're not raising our kids the way we should, we know that that's going to continue. But we're so thankful that you are our Father. And because you're our Father, our perfect Father, who has done this perfectly for us, we can look, at, look to you and watch how you work in our lives as we continue to grow. Thank you so much for this series and how it puts the, the focus on what we can be, not what's happened in the past, and how we can affect forever for our kids. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.